I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, fairy tale friends. Uh, we are here with an extra special mailbag episode coming to you kind of in between our regularly scheduled episodes because we know that the Pocahontas episode was, you know, not our most fun, lighthearted episode. You know, it's quirky. Quirky. We yeah. wanted to kind of, you know, didn't want to leave you. Kind of in a in a in a rotten mood for a whole week, maybe not rotten. Yeah, but, you know, rotten's the wrong word. You know, we're a fun podcast, and we want to do some fun stuff. We want to interact with you, our our fairy tale friends. I know we might have some new listeners. We've had some Welcome. kind of more interaction on Instagram, uh, but this is for this is we what we have here is just a few uh, voicemails and a close to five page. Email from one of our super fans, one of our Madeline. VIPs. Yes, our VI, our very important princesses. Ooh, I like uh, that. <laughs> uh, Madeline uh, has sent in an email. So, do we want to? Hers is divided up into many different parts, and mm-hmm. we've got three voicemails. Do we want to read the email first and then listen to the voicemails? Sure, let's do that. Let's do the, the email. And like I said, this is a long one. I um, I had to actually move it over into a. Word document because it was so long it was formatted strangely on uh, Google Mail. And I will say, Ryan has read through it. I wanted to save my reactions for the pod. Yes. So uh, I've glanced at it, but I've not read through it. And that's no disrespect to you, Madeline. Yes. Uh, we. So it is entitled TRPD Brain Dump Dash <laughs> You're Welcome. Uh, so here we go. Here are all my thoughts regarding your podcast, at least the thoughts I can remember. First of all, thank you. Thank you, Tara and Ryan, for making such a wonderful podcast. It is literally the only one I listen to. Oh, welcome. (laughs) As a mega Disney fan, I love the topic. I appreciate the time you put into researching every episode. The facts and behind-the-scenes tidbits you share are delightful, and I learn something new with every episode. I also enjoy listening to the two of you interact with one another and feel like I'm listening to two of my good friends chatting and having a fun time together. You both are a joy to listen to. This is an amazing podcast, and thank you. True. All right. (laughs) No, she didn't say true. I'm just kidding. Uh, All right, my thoughts, and you're welcome. Uh, Laughing, rolling on its side emoticon. Snow White. See, it's divided up into sections. That's how much we're going with it. I really, I really appreciate it. You know, we're 60-some episodes in, so this is kind of a good time to review yeah. some of them. So let's do it. Snow White. I stand by my comment on the Facebook page that the hand-washing song could have been deleted from the movie. Was it cute? Sure. Kind of. But it did absolutely nothing to push the narrative along, and I wouldn't have missed it had it not been included. I wish the animators would have spent those few minutes expanding on one of the characters. Given Snow White a little more agency, given the prince any kind of story or personality, made the queen a bit more evil, anything would have been better than that song. I I like that song. 
I remember liking that song, and I think they did some cool things animation-wise. Like, Dopey was reflected in the in the soap bubbles, I believe. Yes. So I think from an animation standpoint, they did do some things that were probably difficult to do in also, that song. Also, this one, it's the first Disney animation yeah. movie, and it's the first time they're moving into long-form narrative from like mm-hmm. mickey gets stuck in a well, steamboat willie you know, like yeah. stuff like that um i do appreciate and respect the comment though because i agree oh yeah as yeah, far yeah. as storyline goes but i also let's, let's let's start with that i agree yeah i think we're giving historical context as to why it possibly mm-hmm. didn't happen yeah and i do think there were some cool things we pointed out animation wise and i'm trying to remember back to snow white uh, since that was our first full episode. Well, speaking of, maybe there's some other podcasts you should check out, Madeline. I've been listening to a few other Disney ones. And there's one I listen to called Scenario D. Mm-hmm. Where they're actually, they do a lot of this, this similar stuff to us. But they were talking, I listened to their Snow White episode just to get an idea of their podcast. So some of this is a little fresh in my mm-hmm. head. But do you remember that Walt was, basically it was, Walt said, I'll give everyone $5 for a gag that goes into the movie. And then like much more if a full scene went in. So mm. like I think that was it as they were trying to figure out ways to pad the story because these yeah. you know Grimm's fairy tales could be told in like five to seven minutes. Well and also depending on how dark you went with it and that right, kind right, of right. a thing. Yeah. So I think that that's probably where this came from. I agree mm-hmm. with you. It's also got a lot of cool stuff for the uh animators. But I, I they just announced uh I can't remember who but they cast Snow White for, for live, the live action. action. I, yes, and what I'll I'm look saying is, yeah, what I'm saying is, when this live action comes out, no one will miss the hand washing scene. If anything, it might just be a short little nod to it, as opposed to like keeping the whole thing in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Rachel. Uh oh, it's I, Zegler. Zegler. I have, is that Z E G L E R? Maybe. West Side Stories Rachel Zegler to oh, play cool. Disney's Snow White. So is she? She must Latina? be in the new. She she's in the new West Side Story, which Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. is coming out with in December. You were wondering her background. Yeah, just because it's her, a West Side Story, her, I was yeah. Going, let me. There's, I don't think there's. Are there any? I. It's been a long time since West Side Story. Are any of the. Uh, what are the Jets? Are the Jets? The, it's the Sharks the, and the Jets. But which so one's the Puerto Rican? The Sharks. Okay, so the I Jets. Believe. Are there any ladies on the Jet side? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's been a long time. Uh, Boy, I do want to see. I know there are people their, screaming. Their I do want to see the new one, but yes. Um, so she. Have you seen the trailer for it? Yes. It's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was born in Hackensack, New Jersey. Hey, girl. <laughs> uh, she's twenty. She's a baby. Oh my she's a baby. Uh, da, 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 da. her mother is Colombian and her father is of Polish descent. So that's cool. That mm-hmm. I, I, I like that we're not just looking for a uh, uh, pale albino. <laughs> yeah, she's very striking from yes. the pictures I've just seen of her. So so cool. So the next one, let's let's get going because we've got a lot to cover. <laughs> uh, Fantasia. It's been now. I don't know if you remember Madeline. She was friends with uh, our friend Sarah and Phil in mm-hmm. DC, and I, she is a flute player. Yeah, I, I also have a connection to her. We worked at the same community music yes, school, even though I correct. don't think we ever saw each other because I never was in the building because uh, all of my work was in the community, and I think she was at the building. She's also the one that's doing a flute camp that is Disney themed. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So that's all on our Facebook page if you want to check that out. Um, Fantasia. It's been a while since I listened to this episode, but I think I remember you and your guests, you and your guest co-host, 
talking about whether or not this is appropriate for young kids to watch. My oldest is 3.5 years old, and my youngest will be 2 in August, and we watch this all the time. All right. But in chunks. I agree altogether this is a very long movie and hard to sit through, but we'll watch a segment or two at a time. Specifically, my kids request The Sorcerer's Apprentice, they call it the Mickey Sorcerer movie, and Rite of Spring, they call it the Lava and Dinosaur movie. (laughs) This is a great one to watch with kids, and yes, in chunks. An interesting thought I had while listening to this episode was the parallel between the delayed success of Rite of Spring and Fantasia. Both were panned when they first premiered. The Rite of Spring literally caused riots in the opera houses, Mm -hmm. and both now are considered classic works of art. Just an interesting parallel. I Mm -hmm. believe we talked about that. Yeah, I think we did, yeah. But yeah. Um, I have fond memories watching Fantasia as a kid myself, especially the Pastoral Symphony, because I love the Pegasuses. Pegasi? Not sure what the plural of that is. Uh, maybe Pegasi. I feel like I just had a discussion. <laughs> I was I was t- discussing the plural of platypus with my parents this weekend. <laughs> and I said platypi. And my dad looked at me like I had two heads. And then I explained, well, you know, like octopus, octopi. And he kind of came back to reality. Got but it. For a second, he's like, my son is speaking in tongues. <laughs> um, I also have frightening memories of watching this as a child, specifically Night on Bald Mountain. Mm. I literally ran out of the room every time this came on because Chernabog frightened me so much as a kid. I'm also miffed he didn't rank higher on your villains rating because of that. He is terrifying for children. Night on Bald Mountain is one of my favorite songs now, though, and I believe it's because of my past fear of it. I learned to love it in Chernabog. He is so cool. We didn't I thought Chernabog rate... was pretty high. I don't think we, we didn't rate him... With Chris, though, because we didn't have a villain ranking then. So you and I went back and just rated him. So it might have been a little different if we had a third person to balance it out. But I don't recall where he falls on the list. First and foremost, the the ranking is scientifically proven. (laughs) So I don't know what to tell you, Madeline. Um, But uh, I also think, like, you know, there are things like he didn't really have a very, like, set agenda and he wasn't yeah funny. so he so lost points, points for things like things. that I, yeah i love him too i think he's very yeah cool. he's great and i don't know that we mentioned it in the episode but we in middle school played night on bald mountain mm. so i have memories of that and i don't know if that was when chris and i were in middle school together because we were a year apart and our middle school was seventh and eighth grade mm. so uh so i don't know if chris was there for that or not i don't know if we talked about that but uh, a lot of times when i hear that that's what i go back to um i there's been this thing that's been I've seen a lot of Disney meme stuff lately where it's like, why is Chernabog a villain? All he did was try and he's a DJ. He just tries to like put on a music party and then like the the light day light comes and he goes back to sleep. Like that's all he is. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a, raising the dead though, isn't he? They're just here to party. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything else you want to say about that? I mean, I like, I remember us being kind of a little bit bored by the dinosaur one, or that was one I thought was kind of cool because I'd, I'd studied all the special effects and all the things they didn't do it, like actually like boiling like a viscous liquid to get the bubbles for the lava and stuff yeah. and like that kind of thing. But I remember Chris not being kind of like, eh, about it. Yeah. And I feel like that one's kind of a longer one compared to the other ones too. If I can remember yes. again, I'm going off memory because this- once we record the episodes, I listen to... Um, Ryan's beautiful and delightful editing <laughs> skills. And then after that, it's, it's gone. gone. Forever. So yeah, so I listened to the finished episode and then I've lived the recording. Uh, but as a lot of you dedicated listeners know, my memory is not great. So 
Um, I think she brings up a good point of watching this in chunks because I think we might have addressed this on the episode, but that's how I watched. Well, a and lot we of rated this. them separately. Yeah. When uh, when we did the episode, or we went through and talked about mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, did we do like thumbs up, thumbs up? I like, think we all did. All this stuff we yeah. did like a year mm-hmm. or so ago. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I think I watched a lot of them through DTV and yeah. stuff like that on Disney Channel. I think it's a great suggestion. All right, make up next. Make mine music. Oh boy, she really went into that. Oh yeah. Oh, I read the first. It says I didn't listen to this episode. And I was like, "What?" Um, I didn't listen to this episode when it originally aired because I was already so behind on the podcast that I wanted to listen to only the episodes for the movies I had seen. And while I still haven't seen Make Mine Music, I did listen to this when you all went on break, and I finally got all caught up. Caught up. For anyone interested, the Johnny Fedora and Alice Bluebonnet piece is very similar to a short on Disney Plus called The Blue Umbrella. It is super oh. cute about two umbrellas that my kids really enjoy watching. I uh I I remember seeing that and thinking it had a very similar thing in that it was like the, the Have you watched it? No, I saw oh, like okay. a clip from it or yeah. something or maybe even just the picture. We'll have to watch it. Yeah, there's a lot of shorts we should really check yeah. out and Thank and you do for that about. recommendation. Yeah. That's great. Um Make My Music, that's the one we watched all through YouTube. Correct? Yes, cuz you can't you yeah, can't yeah. really find it. We had to find it in pieces. Oof. Uh next up Cinderella. Can you please do a mini tale on Brandy and Whitney's Cinderella from 1997? Yes, yes we it's will actually planned. That. Yeah, I think we actually have our guest for it. I'm wondering if we should change it from a mini tale to just a flat out. I think full it should episode. be a full episode. I think we'll do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Just, just it's because I think it's hard to have a guest on a mini tale. And I think there might be more to talk about than we think. Yeah. So yeah, but yes, that is in the works. Uh, that was the shortest entry we have so far. <laughs> Mary Poppins unpopular opinion don't hate me tara i madeline and i were messaging on facebook about something else disney related and she made sure to mention (laughs) that i may not agree with this opinion so here it is i i think she's got a good point okay but does anyone else think that mary poppins was just gaslighting everyone during the entire movie one made mr (laughs) banks think he was crazy when he tore up the kids advertisement and put it in the fireplace advertisement advertisement (laughs) and when mary shows up you can see him miming his motions thinking to himself i know i tore this advertisement advertisement up i put it in the fireplace how did this woman find it piece it back together and bring it here to me okay two anytime the kids mention magic or claiming to have seen mary do something magical jump into paintings move toys around the room slide up another banister she always comes back with that's preposterous that never happened you're imagining things etc she gaslights everyone throughout the entire movie <laughs> three i'm pretty sure bert mentions a time when mary does something magical and she denies it with him too four basically the whole movie <laughs> banks kids you can do magic mary poppins magic that's preposterous you're just seeing things banks adults did you just put that idea in my head Mary Poppins, what idea? I don't know what you're talking about. Still a great movie, though, and I truly do love it. Um, I think you I think <sighs> you make a good point. Oh, you make several points, but for the same thing. I, I think you can view it through a couple different lenses, but yeah, yeah I definitely... I mean, she's doing it, like, it's it's fun and whimsical. I, I, I don't it think it teaches crazy. a bad... It is... Gaslighting is bad. Yeah, we agree but with that. I don't know if... Um, Crazy making is not what I want to say because that's not really appropriate or a great way to say it. But she does, especially when it comes to the adults, she does like make them really be like, well, I know I did this. Like, and that, that can be exacerbating, I guess. I guess she makes people she, exacerbated. I feel like she's keeping them on their toes. That's yeah. part of it. Um. So next we have Mary Poppins versus Mary Poppins Returns. Mm. 
I am so sorry, Tara, that you thought we, the listeners, Facebookers, wanted you to watch Mary Poppins Returns because we hated you or wanted to punish <laughs> or torture you. I know I personally voted for you guys to watch this one when you made the poll on Facebook because I know how much you loved Mary Poppins. And I genu- genuinely thought you would enjoy watching Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> was Mary Poppins Returns as good as the original? No. That's putting it lightly. Um, That was my own Ryan's editorial. <laughs> Mary Poppins is such a magical movie and can never be replaced or redone. But I also don't dislike Mary Poppins Redu- Returns as much as you guys did. Uh, and listening to your mini tale, however, you did bring my attention to something I didn't notice when watching Mary Poppins Returns myself. That they tried too hard to be like the original, going beat for beat, musical number by musical number. But I still think it's a pretty magical movie and a great way for a new generation to fall in love with the story. First of all, I want to point out that she's always apologizing to two. I watched it too. I was meant like I am part of this. It's not just Tara and Tara's Princess Well, I think I said that Mary Poppins is one of my all-time favorite movies. So I I will agree with her second point about it introducing to a whole new generation. I think there is something to be said about that. I would hope that the – that I don't know. If we were to have a kid, I would show them the original Mary Poppins. But I do think there's something to be said about, you know, they're expanding the story. Or if you had a child who loves Mary Poppins, now there's two versions of Mary Poppins. Yeah. So I I do agree with her point to that regard. I just, you can go listen to the episode. I have very strong opinions about it. Uh, and I think my biggest knock for that movie, my biggest negative for that movie is the beat for beat. I think if, if they followed a different format, I think it would have been a more interesting film. I wonder if we would have been more easier on it if we weren't a doing a like deep dive podcast or b hadn't like very recently seen the original you might have i think my feelings would have been ingrained in your brain Well, because i know the original so well because i wore out the the vhs so for me i think my opinion would have been similar yours might have been different though because it wasn't a film you watched a ton Mm -hmm. oh no i've seen it a bunch oh okay i i just there, I'm curious, I, and what did I, your mom think of it? I don't know that she's seen it. My aunt... My, uh, my mom tends to go, like, with any remake, any sequels, like, it's not as good as the original. And well, just your like, mom refers to herself as practically perfect in every way, so that's why I was curious. But okay. my aunt also, um, she was an elementary school teacher and read all the books, Which loved aunt? the original, Anor. Oh, yeah. Loved the original, like, we talked about it a lot, and she was a bit disappointed by it as well, so... Mm. Um, and that's not to say, look, listeners, if there are those of you out there who love it, it sounds like Madeline really enjoyed it too. I'm not knocking you for it. I think I just have such a strong connection to the original. I think no matter what they came out with, it would have been hard to compete with my kind of emotional connection to the original. Also, film. tastes are subjective. True. Like, we don't want to take away from anyone's enjoyment. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, the Aristocats. Oh boy. I think there is a, I think this is a sweet little movie and I don't understand why you just Ryan question mark hated it so much. (laughs) Are there some racial issues? Yes. But you covered those. And despite those misrepresentations, I think this is a cute little movie. This is my favorite of the movies. We, that I said, throw it in the vault. Um, uh, I, I it wasn't that I definitely don't hate this movie. I just don't think I would ever watch it again. I just don't care for it. Mm. It's it's just not anything I'd want to see again. And I I think going back to that nostalgia piece, I think neither one of us had. I don't remember ever seeing it in its entirety. Right. And maybe I did, maybe I didn't. 
I, I think that that definitely comes into play with some of these. It forms our opinions because watching it for the first time as an adult might be very different than if we had seen it as a child. I also think it has a, like some racial issues. It has one racial issue and it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So and it's just like completely unnecessary to the rest of it. And it's such an easy thing to clip. Um, it's interesting because I've gone back on like I really have started to like Thomas O'Malley since I've read a couple things about him being like the in the, like you know the a Disney dad but he's a Disney stepdad. Yeah, he steps up in a way that not a that doesn't yeah. happen a lot in Disney films. Yeah, I you in know, that character I, in, I, in that that setup. I definitely like when I say lock something away in the vault. It's just like I don't need this on my shelf. That's what it was. It wasn't so much like keep it away from me. Yeah, you know we we came up with the vault. It wasn't Pete's dragon. It wasn't Pete's dragon. Pete's dragon. Poof. And there's part, oh, here's the thing, with both those movies, so with the Aristocats, I have had scales and arpeggios in my head this week, uh-huh. no idea why. <laughs> um, and Peach Dragon, I still love, I know you hate it, but the like child abuse song. I know. I, I love it, it's so stupid, I just I just enjoy it. But <clears throat> uh, The Jungle Book, 1994, thank you for doing a mini tale on this, I had no idea this was even a movie. It's so good. <laughs> uh, uh, the Rescuers. I am heartbroken that you guys didn't give Evan Rude more credit. He was an amazing, he was amazing and my favorite sidekick. Also, here's a testament to the research Disney put into the movie. I thought this was cool. This is something we didn't catch. Did you know that Evan Rude is a brand of boat motor? And they named the dragonfly Evan Rude because he is the motor on the leaf? I find that very clever. I like that. Cool? Thank Chisel- you for adding uh, that. Evan Rude Outboard Motors was the North American company that built a major brand of outboard motors for boats, founded by Ole Evinrude in, maybe it's Ole Evinrude in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 1907. That's very cool. I remember really liking Evinrude. I guess we just didn't talk highly of him. I liked him a lot. Of him, but I remember liking mustache. him, yeah. Uh, I also love the idea that Medusa and Corella are sisters or somehow distantly related. Yes. Someone should do something with that. I would love it if uh, Madame Medusa showed up in, in the live action. In the sequel to Corella. Yeah, that would be to fun. Ella. Um, anyway. Secret Ella, of Ella. <laughs> Secret of Nim and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Listening to both of these episodes inspired me to rewatch both movies. Hadn't seen either in years and was really glad to have revisited them. However, rewatching them, I remember how much the old owl scared me as a little kid. So creepy. And same with Judge Doom, especially the end with his eyes shutters. I can't remember, but did you guys talk about the Who Framed Roger Rabbit attraction at Disney World in this episode? We didn't, but I remember going to this. It wasn't a ride, but was basically the giant warehouse with acne boxes all over the place. And it must have been a character meet and greet spot because we have a picture of my dad with Jessica Rabbit. Or maybe it was just a cardboard cutout of JR. Either way, I have vivid memories of walking through and playing in that warehouse as a kid. It was like a bunch of things you could pu- pause in front of, like the dip truck yeah, or the weasel. Now that she's mentioned it, I'm remembering yeah. it. I think it was a cutout of Jessica Rabbit I because also- I posted the walk around Jessica Rabbit they had for a while and it was horrifying. You yeah. remember that. I also uh, don't know if I mentioned it on the episode, but I had a drawstring, like a pull string Roger Rabbit stuffed animal. Yes, you did, uh, I think. Did I? Okay. Either Or I just might know that. Yeah. Um, Christopher Robin. Thank you for recording this mini tale. I had never seen this movie until I listened to your episode and was inspired to do so. Such a cute movie. And now I play Say What You See with my kids. Oh, it's so delightful. Listeners, if you, if you still haven't watched it, go watch it. It's it was very good. such a warm and fuzzy film. Beauty and the Beast. This is a long one. Uh, does anyone else think Belle is singing about foreshadowing her future when she sings to the sheep in Belle? 
which I also thought was called Bonjour. Haha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, At least us. I, I agree with this. She says, oh, isn't this amazing? It's my favorite part because you'll see, and I'm not going to sing this. Uh, here's where she meets Prince Charming, and she won't discover that it's him till chapter three. Yes, it feels very much like this is the story she's but about to encounter. But I read somewhere that the book she's supposedly reading is Aladdin. It's the re- like she's describing... In that song, she's well, describing... Well, I mean, they both have the same Yeah, they thing. have the same kind of plot, but the, I, I read that somewhere. I don't know that we mentioned it, right. but I read that in like a Disney trivia something or other. But uh, yes, it is also foreshadowing her story. Maybe it's more like chapter 11 when she discovers that the Beast is her Prince Charming, but I've always loved that line in the song because of the foreshadowing. Also, did you talk about how old the Prince was when he was turned into a Beast? This is... I did not think of this. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was only 10 or 11. The enchanter says by his 21st birthday, he must fall in love. The spell cast upon the castle dictates that the beast must find love and have that love returned to him before the last petal on the rose falls on his 21st birthday. Lumiere sings about being a candlestick for 10 years. 10 years we've been rusting, needing so much more than dusting. Are you telling me that a 10-year-old, you wouldn't have been a little bratty too? That you tell me that at 10 years old... You wouldn't have been a little bratty too and turned away an old hag if she came to your door asking for help. Don't you think your his parents taught him stranger danger? Do also, we think his parents were alive? I think he was a young prince and maybe that's why he was bratty. Is he well, had, he would like, have been 10-11 according to this. Yeah, I think he was just a, or a young, you know what I mean? I, I, I never pictured him having parents. Where were his parents and why didn't the enchantress ask to see them when she was greeted by a 10-year-old at the door? I think the true villain of Beauty and the Beast is the enchantress. <laughs> Um, I love that. I love that hot take. I, I consider him an orphan. I don't know why. I just, I, I, but then why is a 10 year old running around a castle? Because it was inherited. Like that's how King and Queens work. Right. I I think you're thinking more like game of Thrones, like old medieval, whereas this is kind of 1700s. I guess. Yeah. It's, it seems a little, I, I always thought like his, he was like 20, almost he was 20. You thought it was just a year of, I I didn't think he was that young, but my mind goes to him not having parents if he was that young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I thought maybe he, I I thought it was like maybe five years he'd been the beast. Something along those lines. I don't know. It's, it's, but they do say specifically 10 years we've been resting. I just thought like they froze him in time and he had like 10 years, but they don't say you have 10 years to do this. They say by By your 21st 21st birthday. birthday, which means he was al- he was he was celebrating he was dying on his birthday that's a bummer yeah um they did have we did talk about at one point in the development they were going to have like they had there was pictures of baby beast and stuff like mm-hmm. that so yeah. I, I don't know if that's that's left over from those parts of it or something Who yeah knows? um but i i love thinking about that i love mm-hmm. catching these little things uh the lion king did you all not see the leopard at the beginning of Circle of Life? You gave the translation of that song so much uh, quack when we... they mention a leopard. And while I agree the English language lyrics are dull, one of the first animals you see is a leopard. 17 seconds of the song. Maybe it's a cheetah. LOL. I, think I we, thought we I, pointed that out, but maybe we didn't point it out on the podcast. We might have when we were yeah, watching maybe, it. Maybe. Madeline, I believe we all screamed, there's the leopard when we yes. were watching it. So we did catch it. I don't know that we mentioned it when we came back after watching the film, though. Uh, I liked your theory that Scar ate Mufasa. <laughs> no, it wasn't it's our theory, so- and no one should like that. I liked your theory that Scar ate Mufasa because of the bones found in his cave. But then why would Scar have thought Simba was Mufasa when he returned? 
If he had scarred eat Mufasa, he wouldn't have mistaken another lion showing up for him, right? He probably wouldn't have thought it was Simba right away either since he believed Simba to be dead for all those years. I, I think the idea was he's like a ghost or like something. I think something. also I it's at that point they're all starving. So I think maybe he's also a little delirious. There's no water and there's the no water food. has left. Yeah, the water has left the Sahara and there's no food. So, you know, I, I don't think he's thinking clearly. <laughs> Another testament to the thoroughness of Disney animators. Months ago, I was watching The Lion King with my kids and noticed the whites of the lion's eyes were yellow. I thought that was a really interesting choice, so I looked up images of lion's eyes, and the whites of their eyes are, in fact, yellow. Who would have thought to give that much attention to detail other than Disney? Cool. I don't have much else to say. No, I I think that's, that's a great point, and I think we, in our research, Madeline, that's one of the things that always impresses us and surprises us is, you know, we do call out, the things that were like Disney didn't get it right, but there is a lot they do get right. And when they get it right, they get it right to that kind of a detail. Uh, the Lion King in Disney World. Have you seen the Lion King musical show in the Animal Kingdom at Disney World? Oh my goodness. Such an amazing show. It has everything. Music, dancing, stilt walkers, acrobatics, aerial mm. dancers, a fire dancer. It is so cool and probably one of my favorite things in all of Disney World. Ugh, such a good show. I honestly can't gush about it enough. Uh, I, we have not seen it. I know we are planning a future Disney trip, so we'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's it. Uh, spoiler alert, it wasn't it. Those are all <laughs> the thoughts I can remember to type into an email and send to you. Hope you read at least some of them. And I hope we read all of them. And I hope Tara doesn't hate me for Mary Poppins. Opinion. I don't. <laughs> and then she replied, Oh, wait, one more thing. When did the music score for the movie transition from step-by-step sound effects? For example, when the dwarfs do... Dwarfs do literally anything, walk literally anywhere in Snow White, up the stairs, falling down the stairs, no, noses popping over the bed, etc., or the mice and, and Lucifer and Cinderella, to actual music and scoring. Was that also at the Renaissance and Little Mermaid? Uh, I think it was before that, but like, it, it, it seems to be like maybe right before Walt died. Do you know what she's talking about? Like, like it's like, doop, 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 and it's their steps, but they're like doubling music for sound mm, effects. Yeah. That probably came from the fact, like, the way Mary Melodies Do you think Sleeping Beauty, symphonies. I feel like, did Sleeping Beauty have that? I don't think, no. I don't think it did. So Sleeping Beauty yeah, might probably have been somewhere the first, there. or some, maybe something I mean, right they probably before had some, it. Well, every time they did make it blue, like, that's a... Oh, yeah. Some of it. I, but I think not quite they, as much. They gradually... They, yeah, they tapered off. Yeah. Uh... Uh, the rest of it is basically just, hey, I'm trying to be super lighthearted. Don't take these too seriously. We love this scene. I love this Oh, scene, yeah. I great. love things like this. And I, like I said, you know, call us out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what what was that thing I said in the last male episode? Uh, a bone to pick. Yeah. You have I a, bone a bone to pick. Well, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> because I believe somebody in one of the calls says, I have a bone to pick. <laughs> Great. I can't so, wait for it. We have a few calls. I have no listeners. I the voicemails are always a huge surprise. I don't even know who they're from. Ryan always surprises me with them. Madeline's email I at least had some prep for, so I'm really excited to hear the voicemails. So here we go. Hi Tara and Ryan. This is Richard. And yeah, I got a bone to pick with you. So going back to your henchman uh and sidekick debate, uh I'm calling shenanigans on a few th- on one thing, uh, you had Blue and Little John in the bracket. And to me, you might disagree here, but they seem like the same character. And it seems like, you know, you guys were really against Team Kronk and Team Iago. So I want to know, do you guys feel like this was a little bit of underhandedness? Or were you guys just 
you know, to things just play out that way. Anyway, love the podcast. And uh, hey, Ryan, hit me with the Bigfoot fact. <laughs> I don't have my deck of cards. Hold Richard on. is great. Richard, you're <laughs> such a delight. <laughs> I, I uh, Let me look one up real quick. Oh, wow. Uh, Bigfoot was investigated by the FBI. Whoa. I'll be posting this this article. That's really cool. Here's what they found. Okay, so this is going up. But yes. Uh, I don't think Baloo Baloo and Little John... I mean, they're very similar characters. I would agree they're similar characters. They're both voiced by Phil Harris. I don't know if I've said this in an episode since we've done the bracket, but Ryan and I have talked about it. What was difficult for me with the henchman and the sidekick bracket is I feel like I had stronger opinions for the movies we had seen. I love Emperor's New Groove, but we had not seen, we've not seen it recently in this podcast rewatching. And I think the same would go with Aladdin. I think the sidekick and side. We just had seen Aladdin. Yeah. So for me. I will say I struggled with voting on some of them because I think I will. No, I don't think Beauty and the Beast. We hadn't watched Beauty and the Beast yet when the sidekick, when the bracket went on, because I think I would have also mm. voted differently for them. I I do want to say that I still think Kronk is a bad henchman. I think he's an interesting character. I think he's a good character. Well, save it for when we get to I, that That's episode. what I'll say. It's the same thing with Baloo. I think Little John is a better sidekick than Baloo. But because little John is is behind Robin Hood start to finish, whereas Baloo like is like I'm leaving that kid. I don't need that. Everybody kid, winds know? up abandoning Mowgli at yeah. some point. Yeah, but that doesn't make him a better character. I don't know. That was my thing. Yeah. I just I his motivation. Well, I don't know that his mo- their motivations are different because little John is a true I think best friend, where Baloo is almost a parental figure. Like, yes, it's bare necessities and they, mm-hmm. they feel like friends. But at the end of the day, Bagheera and Baloo are the parents to Mowgli. And it's also about Baloo learning to be a good friend. Whereas yeah. Little John is just his Little John friend. and Robin Hood, yeah. we know for moment one that they're friends. I, I It's also uh, in those brackets. You can vote however you want. It's yeah. fine. Um, yeah. So there's that one. Uh, he We have another one from Richard. Hey, Taryn Ryan. This is Richard. Calling just let you know that I just listened to your Goofy Movie podcast, and it was amazing. I love the facts that you guys presented along with Chris and his insights. I uh, also wanted to say, yeah, you guys should check out Extremely Goofy Movie if you get the chance. Uh, my opinion, not as good as the, as the original, but still enough fun. Hope you guys have a good day, and uh, just for fun, Ryan, hit me with the Bigfoot fact. Uh... I'm so glad you hit me with the Bigfoot fact took off. I, 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 I got to look more at this. FBI, you're distracted. Yeah, I'm distracted by this FBI one because I'm cur- It feels like something where someone's like, I have to actually do this. Um, there's hair samples that they found that got sent into the FBI, apparently. <laughs> uh, it, this is just, I'm just going to post this and we're all going to take a look. It's on the History Channel website, which is even more awesome. But uh, thank you for those uh, phone calls, Richard. And uh, we'll have to check out an extremely goofy movie if it's one that I value Richard's opinion. And if it's one that he enjoyed, I'm open to it. I don't know that we'll do an episode on it, but I'm open to just like you and I checking it out. 
mm. one afternoon or evening or whatever. I mean, I'm 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 a goofy stand now, so. <laughs> and uh, here we go with our final uh, phone call. This wouldn't be a phone call episode if uh, other Ryan didn't call <laughs> in. So here we go. Hey guys, this is other Ryan. Just had to tell you about some more options for your uh, childhood traumatization sub-series. Just listen to Return to Oz, and uh, it was wonderful. Um, I actually had just watched that with my six-year-old flying in the face of all your recommendations, uh, just for no other reason other than, hey, this is a movie I watched as a kid when I was your age. See if it hurts you like it hurt me, I guess. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. I enjoyed it. I remember seeing it in the theater. I remember thinking, this is really weird. This is really terrifying. But also, at the end, you know, exciting and fun and a different kind of weird fantasy world. Um, we were both, my daughter and I, very freaked out uh, when the original head turns and yells Dorothy Gale and she's trapped in the hallway of the heads in the heart of the lair of the most evil, crazy, terrifying thing and that headless body sits up and starts chasing her. Oh, I still got chills. It was terrifying. But I think uh, as an adult, just to set up like you were saying, like, hey, I've spent six months trying to convince all the people I love that uh, this happened to me, and they just keep telling me I'm crazy, so they send me off to get tortured in a mental institution where I'm strapped to a bed and lectured at by scary-looking people, and they're going to shock me. And what do I do? I run out, and I drown in a river, and that's how I get to Oz. I have to drown and die. Terrifying. Terrifying. Uh, my six-year-old came out the other side, said she was okay, didn't really bother her too much. We ended up the next night watching the original Wizard of Oz, so it was kind of fun. Maybe we'll keep going backwards and watch the uh, Oz Great Powerful next, maybe? I don't know. Um, but recommendations, uh, put NeverEnding Story on there, because if you watch that as a kid, it is horrifying. I showed that to my son when he was three, and I took for granted how scary it was, and there's a scene, super spoilers here, so bleep this out if it's too much. But we're watching it at the end, this huge scary wolf, jumps to attack Atreyu, and he kills it, and then all of a sudden the storm gets worse, and the world blows away, and even, like, the thing that he lives in is gone, and there's no world anymore, and my son turns to me, three years old, with tears in his eyes, and goes, Dad, I don't know if I can watch much more of this. <laughs> so, that right there, I think, quantifies why you should put Never Ending Story on the list. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for all your podcasting. Really enjoy it. Take care. Uh, I loved that voicemail. I love all of other Ryan's calls to us. Uh, and what I will say is thank you for sharing uh, the positives and negatives of parenting when it comes to showing children yeah. uh, movies. I think we would, I think we, you know, I think all listeners, you know, we are childless uh, adults. But I think if we did have children, I think we would fall to that as well you know you have these such strong nostalgic connections i love here watch this let's see if it hurts you like, like it, it hurts, hurts me. me yeah um but i but you know what i mean you think never-ending story you know a lot of times it's like oh yeah never-ending story oh no that exact scene like i that used to scare the heck out of me when the wolf jumps at him at the yeah. end yeah have you seen that one I've seen it, but it's not one that I okay. watched a lot or have any specific memories of. We, we did a poll recently, and it was between Labyrinth and Ewoks 2, and Labyrinth swept. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's it's objectively the better movie, but, you know. Um, 
I might call an audible and say we do never ending story next. I know it's I don't think it's on Disney Plus or anything, but I'm willing to get it somewhere else and check it out cuz I think it's in that sweet return to Oz spot where you go, "This is this is for kids. This movie for kids." <laughs> That's a joke. I don't know if we've ever explained it. We went to go see <laughs> Hunger Games. Uh skip the forward, theater. skip forward if you if you don't want the Hunger Games spoiled. There's a part where a little kid is is shot and like the main character Katniss is holding her in the arms and there's like no one in the theater but there's it? just what was the cat character's name? Rue. No, Rue, Rue, yeah. And behind us, this woman goes in this voice. I'm just trying to imitate her voice as best I remember it. And it was this movie for kids. <laughs> and Tara and I proceeded to and like we had die read the, laughing. We had read the books, so oh, we, we knew, it was, knew it was coming. Obviously, this woman had not read the books, and so, so it was quite the shock that, for her. That, that is, <laughs> I think, never-ending story is prime for that, so we, well, we may call I it wanna, audible. I mean, we're deciding this on the air, but I think we should stay true to, we said the next okay. one would be, so but never-ending story will be after, after that. And yeah. then Ewoks to yes. the battle for Endor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, we hope this is a fun little thing to do. Like we said, putting it out in between is kind and of an extra episode. It, it went longer than I thought it was going to. <laughs> and if it were me, I'd be really excited if my phone call made it on the air. So, listeners, if you oh. want to give us a ring... 787 yo No, isn't it 707? 70 oh, hold on. <laughs> 707 yo TRPD1 again to make that easier it's 707-968-7731 call us leave a message if you have some sort of problem with us remember to say yeah I got a bone to pick with yes. you. Or um, hit me with a Bigfoot fact. I will do a better job next time of having Bigfoot facts at, at the, the ready. ready. I mean, I know we could have paused. I could have gone and found my yeah. deck. But anyway. Uh, the other thing I would like to do, I'd like to take a moment to ask if you are a listener who is really enjoying uh, what we're doing, if you could rate review and subscribe uh no matter what service you listen on it really helps us along the way Mm -hmm. um and we really enjoy reading the reviews we've got some on there i i listen to our podcasts a lot of time on apple podcasts so that's kind of where i'm reading stuff but i know there might be i I don't know how spotify works spotify doesn't have reviews okay so is it mostly on apple yeah and if you want to go to another site and review us whatever all that stuff really helps us out um, we're really trying to reach a broader audience as we finish up our Disney run and go into whatever the next thing is for this podcast. Um, but yeah, anything anything else you want to share before we uh, sign off? Just a big thank you. Uh, you know, the Facebook group continues to grow. Lots of fun conversations there. Our Instagram is recently growing as well. Uh, so yeah, you can look for us on all the things. We're also on Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know what's getting posted on there. <laughs> Richard, Carly, Bob, and I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not on Twitter, on Twitter, but I will say Instagram and Facebook, there's a lot yes. more activity going on. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Get a hold of us, and you know, as soon as we get a, enough emails or something, we'll do another one of these. Uh, but until then, we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.